in doing this forgiveness meditation, having your body relax, be in a comfortable position. Having your body so it's aligned and the energy can move freely through your body. Your face relaxed. Especially the forehead and the eyes. Soft, relaxed eyes. And having the half smile, the Buddha smile, the inner smile, the corners of your mouth. A feeling of lightness all through your face. Very receptive feeling. To forgive is to receive yourself and other people in your heart. Feeling this lightness and receptivity all through your face, through your eyes, through the inner smile. Smiling down into your throat as you relax your throat. Adam's apple on the base of your throat. Wherever there may be tension, allowing your awareness, the softness of your breath to dissolve this tension. Smiling down. into the tummy, relaxing the abdominal area so the belly is soft, untensed. Buddha belly soft belly, 
free of fear and armoring. Once again, feeling the inner smile and the radiance of your face, the lightness, the openness, the warmth. You feel even as your eyes are closed, really close inwardly, radiating through your face, through the inner smile. Smiling down into your heart, the area of your chest, smiling down, Directing the inner smile to your heart. And taking several breaths at a slightly deeper, slightly longer than your normal breathing. And feel these gentle breaths moving in and out of your heart. Your awareness gently moving in and out of your heart. If you have any difficulty locating your heart, feeling the center of emotions within your body, you can take your hand and place it somewhere on your chest, near the sternum, near the area of your physical heart, allowing the hand to remain there, feeling the warmth penetrating into your body, 
that area that seems most sensitive, that you feel most connected to. Just the light inner gazing, inner smiling into your heart. mind, have the image of someone who has hurt you in the past by what they said or what they did, whether it was intentional or unintentional. In some way, this person has contributed to pain in your life. Have an image of this person in your mind. What they look like, the color of their hair, their forehead, their eyes, their face looks like. Their nose. And their ears. Their mouth. chin. Their neck. Having the image of this person clearly focused in your mind, taking an inhalation, And then exhaling and feeling this image moving into your heart. Allowing this being, this image, to enter into the center of your heart. you have the image of this person in your heart, look into their eyes. Look into the face and see the pain of this person's life. The pain of their past. the difficulties that they have had in their life. 
the abuse that they may have experienced, the fear, the anger, the neediness, which has been a part of their life that they have experienced. Their desire to love, to be loved, which has gone empty in their life in the past. You look into their eyes, their face, see their fear and their pain, their anger. Now remove yourself from your own body, mind. You, the person who has been the recipient of this person's actions and have felt pain because of what they've done to you, remove yourself from your body and your mind. Become the body and the mind of this person. leaving behind your own pain, your own resentment for this person, the blame, becoming this person. Becoming their body and their mind and feeling the pain of their life, the indecisions, the doubts, the insecurities, the fears, the desires, the resentments and anger. Feeling the intensity of this person's fear. to understand, to better understand why they acted the way they acted toward you. To feel from their perspective what, it, what they did, where it was coming from inside of themselves, from their own reactive patterning, from their own fear and pain and anger from their own neediness. As you feel the intensity of the pain of this individual, 
meet it with the intensity of your own pain, the pain that you have felt in relationship with this person, the hurt that you have felt because of what they had said and what they did to you. Feeling the intensity of your pain along with the intensity of their pain. For truly it is one pain, the pain of humanity, not their pain and my pain, but one pain. Allow the intensity of your pain and their pain to merge. Feel one pain in your heart. As you feel both your pain and their pain, forgiving this person for what they said, for their actions, for what they did, that caused pain to both them and you. In your heart, saying to this person, I forgive you for what you said, for what you did, that created this pain for us. I forgive you, feeling this forgiveness in your heart. Noticing any resistance to forgiveness. Noticing that you want to blame this person, to continue to blame them for what they did to you, or to punish them for what they've done. Noticing these feelings of wanting to continue to judge and blame them and to punish them. Just notice the feelings if they are there. Non-judgmentally, not pushing them away, just noticing them. Sending forgiveness to these feelings that you have of wanting to blame, wanting to punish, 
wanting to judge another that's hurt you, sending forgiveness to these feelings, offering forgiveness to this person. Letting your heart open to their pain and to your pain. I forgive you for what you've said and what you've done that's created this pain. I understand your pain. You are reacting from pain. I forgive you. I wish to allow you back into my heart. forgiveness in, opening your heart fully so this person can be in your heart, in your life. Letting go the resentment and the anger and the judgment, the self-righteousness that's kept this person out of your heart for so long. Even the heavier actions that someone has caused to you could be sexual abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, as a child, as an adult. Do you feel this person in your heart know that these actions were coming from a place of pain and hurt in them. They didn't want to do this to you. That they were acting out of their own pain, their own fear, their own abuse. Understanding this, Allowing room in your heart for this person, for forgiveness and love so healing can take place. Whatever it is that you said, that you did to me, 
I now can forgive you. I can begin to forgive you. There is the possibility of forgiveness. Forgiveness itself is a process, not something that may happen all at once. There is the possibility for forgiveness here. The openness to try to let go of the hurt, of the pain of the past. forgiving yourself for all of the resentment, the anger, the judgment, the blame, all of the pain that you have heaped upon yourself in relationship with this person. All the pain that you've experienced in reaction to what this person has did to you. All the moments of ill will, of anger, of resentment, of judgment, of condemnation that you felt in your mind for this person who has hurt you. Offering forgiveness to yourself Forgiving these feelings that have arisen. Allowing that you are human and have these feelings and have been hurt and have reacted. You take responsibility for these feelings, these judgments, this anger. all that you felt inside of yourself for being hurt and offering forgiveness to yourself, allowing yourself in your own heart. to very mindfully, very slowly, quietly, just adjust your position, your sitting posture, so that you're not feeling a lot of pain in your legs or your back. Slow adjustments so we can continue with the forgiveness meditation. If you don't feel any discomfort, stay the way that you are.
Once again, bringing your attention to your face, your forehead and your eyes. To your face, feeling the radiance and the openness of loving compassion. Once again, smiling down into your heart. Feeling the breath gently moving in and out of your heart. It's warm, gentle, flowing breaths that soothe your heart. That bring you in deeper touch with that center of love, forgiveness within yourself. As difficult as it may be sometimes to forgive someone else who has hurt us, it may be more difficult at times to ask for forgiveness all of us in being human have said and done things to other people that have hurt them that have created pain for them. In your mind's eye, remembering a situation from the past, it may be with this very same person who has hurt you in some way, or another person who you have hurt by what you said, by what you did. Remembering that situation and that person and asking them for forgiveness.
Please forgive me for what I said, for what I did, for the anger that I expressed, the rage, the physical abuse, the emotional abuse, which I directed towards you. Please forgive me for this. I was acting out of my own fear and out of my own pain, my own ignorance, my own reaction. I ask for your forgiveness so I can release this pain in my heart so I can join your heart release a separation between yourself and myself Noticing any resistance here to asking for forgiveness because of self-righteousness, the needing to be right, or the fear of humiliation and asking somebody else for forgiveness because of pride, because of the need to be right. We're speaking of pain here. It's one pain that we all feel in our relationships as being human. Whatever it is that provoked us to become angry, resentful, to be greedy, to be hoarding, to be jealous, whatever the circumstance that helps to create these feelings inside of ourselves, if we act out of this fear, out of this anger, out of this greed. And we hurt another in the process. We can ask for forgiveness. Please forgive me.
Now each of us as we inhale it's breathing in the fear, the pain, the anger that we have felt in our life and that we know other people experience also breathing in the fear, the pain, the anger and exhaling it out through the top of your head inhaling releasing that fear, that pain, that anger to the eternal breathing that fear, that pain, that anger into your heart let it filter through your heart and then releasing it through the top of your head to the eternal letting go of all that fear, all that pain, all that resentment allow the healing, the forgiveness to be complete. All of the memories and the pain of the past releasing. breathing in love and light, feeling it enter into your heart, beautiful white light and love, breathing it into your heart, feeling it filter and light up your heart, and as you exhale, releasing it out to the world. Breathing in the light, the warmth, the love. Directing it outwards. To those who have hurt you. To those you are forgiving. Sending them the light and the love with each exhale. Inhaling this light and this love, exhaling it out to all beings, all beings in this room, all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy, 
May all beings live in peace. May all beings be free from suffering. It's a nice reminder. Um, it means love, loving kindness. And then karuna, K-A-R-U-N-A, means compassion. Metta and karuna. And in, traditionally in, in Buddhist practice, the, these are developed first within oneself in embracing our own heart and loving ourselves. It's impossible as we all know, to love someone else unless we love ourselves first. So the way that we develop metta, meditation, is to fully embrace, accept, and love ourselves. And then as we move deeper into that fuller acceptance of ourselves, then we can offer this love that we feel inside of ourselves to, to others. But what seems to happen inevitably in any form of meditation, whether it be Vipassana or whether it be intentional loving-kindness meditation, is that there's a lot that surfaces to the, to the conscious mind once we become still and start looking deeper within. And that is some of what we were talking about earlier, the anger, the resentment, the ill-will, the rage, the greediness that we feel inside of our mind, the compulsiveness, the jealousies, the envy, all these different states which when we experience them, the message that we give ourselves is how can I love this person? This person who is experiencing all of this greed and jealousy and resentment, how can I love this person who is experiencing this? And what we do when we experience the, um, all these different states is we tend to judge ourselves. We judge that, um, that we're not loving, that we have this anger, that we have this resentment, that we have this rage. And it's this constant judging and criticizing of ourselves that makes it much more difficult for us to embrace our heart and embrace all of these different emotional states that come up for us. Sometimes I have people um, come to retreats and also who uh, are in our weekly meditation group to count how many times they judge themselves in a day. How many times does judging mind arise? It's amazing how many times it comes up. When you start paying attention to it, it appears, it appears, it appears, judging, judging, judging. And um, we judge ourselves so much because deep inside of ourselves we feel unworthy we feel inadequate, we feel unlovable. And that is so deeply rooted within ourselves that this, this feeling of unworthiness and inadequacy that we constantly 
You say, well, I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy of being loved. I'm not worthy of this. I'm not worthy of that. And judging ourselves on top of that constantly. There's a woman who is in our Dura meditation group. And we were talking about this one time. And she said, yeah, she said, one day I noticed um, as a friend was loving me and hugging me that I was lovable. You know, that there was something about me that people liked. And that it was okay for me to love myself. That I could start doing that. That I was desirable, I was lovable. Because so long, the message that we may even, and on a very unconscious level, be giving to ourselves is that we're not worthy and we're not lovable. And it's only in accepting and embracing our own heart and feeling that we are lovable and starting to love ourselves and allow that love to be felt within our own heart, within our own life, that it starts to grow more and more and more. What is it that prevents us from not loving ourselves more? Even as we were doing the meditations today and we're having discussion about it, some folks were finding it difficult to move past certain barriers that they were feeling around their heart. Or it was difficult to move into a closer um, energy range within the sphere of their heart. What is it that prevents us from loving more and moving deeper into that space of love within our being? Essentially, it's fear. Fear is the thing that makes, us, makes it more difficult for us to love. There's really only two emotions, two basic emotions, and that is fear and love. All of our emotional life can be broken down. And at the very foundation, at the very basis of all of the emotions that we experience, there is either fear or there is love. When we feel angry and resentful because somebody has done something to us, and there's you know, the image of that person arises in our mind, we feel angry, there's ill will, Oftentimes there's fear at the very root of that. The fear because somebody has hurt us and we feel that it has been unjust and we fear, fear that we're going to be hurt more. And with, with greediness, it's the same thing. The fear is that we're not going to get enough of what we need. That as everything is passed around, you know, food, clothing, shelter, money, love, whatever it may be, that there's not going to be enough for us. And at the basis of that fear of not getting enough is, is fear. It underlines so many of our emotions. The same thing with jealousy. Fear is that we're not going to be liked that people are not going to accept us. There's the fear of being rejected. 
when I was living in a monastery, the first monastery in Thailand, there was a mo- there was a, another monk there who was ordained about the same time that I was. He was a Western monk. And he was in the, the English equivalent of the Peace Corps before he ordained. And he knew Thai very well because he had been in Thailand for a couple of years. And he could speak Thai very well. And he got along tremendously well with the Thais. And I was very jealous of this because I was struggling along with the meditation and I was having such a hard time with the meditation that I couldn't even think about learning Thai um, because I was being so consumed with the process of the practice and meditation. And so when I would see him with the other Thais, I would get very jealous because they all liked him and they were paying attention to him and they weren't paying attention to me. And in the process of that, I also saw that the more that he talked to them, the more they wanted to talk to him. And I thought, well, this might not be very good for his practice, for all these ties to be talking to him all the time like this. So being a good friend like I was... I decided that I might talk to him about it. (laughs) And so I said, well, you know, it's not very good for your practice that you're doing all this talking and they're talking to you, you know. It might be better if you go someplace else, like to a very secluded monastery (laughs) or to an island somewhere. So this was totally unconscious at the time. I didn't realize what I was doing in terms of trying to get rid of him. You know, I thought I was really doing it for his benefit, honestly. And so he decided, yeah, it's better for me to get away from here. So he went to live on an island off the coast of Thailand. And after he was gone for a week or two, At first I felt some relief that he was gone because I wasn't feeling this jealousy. He would, before, I would be doing walking meditation, I would see him and there'd be contact and feelings would come up, feelings of unpleasantness, feelings of, you know, wanting that kind of attention and then the jealousy would arise. And now that he wasn't there, I wasn't experiencing that. So there wasn't that kind of pain. There was some relief, but then it wasn't too much after that that I started to miss him because I realized what he was bringing into the moment for me and how important it was to look at the jealousy and the envy. And all of a sudden, there was like something was taken away that was important for me to be looking at, to be understanding. So then I thought, oh, I want him back. You know, and the mind works this way. And that the basis of it is, is a fear. is a fear that we're not going to get what we need. We're not going to get the attention. We're not going to get the love. We're not going to get this or that. The things that we need. And that fear works upon us deep inside. And it's very difficult to be loving when that fear is operative. 
when we're feeling the jealousy, when we're feeling the angry, the, the anger, when we're feeling all of the competitiveness that takes place. Competition is a big one. And where, where is competition fueled from within ourselves? Something that's very supported by our society. A lot of it is based on fear. I mean, look at the TV ads, many of them, the car ads, where there's a lot of negative advertising, you know, about other companies, putting other companies down and your product in front and saying, yes, this is the advantage, this is the best one. Where is it coming from? It's coming from fear of not having enough sales. You look at it at elections and... Um, and the campaigning that goes on, all the negative campaigning. You know, if a person was really confident of winning, you know, would they be campaigning this way? No, it's born of fear. A lot of the competition is born of fear. And when that fear is present, then it's very, very difficult to love. They can't be there simultaneously. You cannot experience fear and love at the same time. When we are experiencing a moment of fear, it's impossible to be in a state of love. You can't feel love. It's not there. A large part of learning to love is allowing what has been suppressed and hidden in ourselves, allowing it to come out, to come forth. And I am realizing in meditation how important this process of allowing what has been suppressed and hidden in the subconscious allowing it to manifest. I see it a lot in relation to past life material where in different ways um, experiencing past life material and how looking at some of the past lives that I've had either in meditation or facilitated by somebody else is a number of different ways of getting in touch with past life material, breathing, hypnosis, many different ways, that in looking at the content of these past lives and some of the brutality, some of the abuse, the physical abuse, the emotional abuse, the sexual abuse, um, that took place during these lifetimes and all of the anger and the fear that is connected to those lifetimes and how those feelings of anger and rage and betrayal uh, and, and jealousy and greed and how strong they are and how long that they have been suppressed in consciousness it's no wonder we keep a lid on them. It's a no wonder that we keep our emotions in check, that we form this barrier 
around our heart to protect ourselves because of the power of the memories and the power of the feelings. They can be very, very strong. And it's truly the healing that we do um, in, in this lifetime or any lifetime that we develop the courage to allow ourselves to experience much of what has laid dormant, that has been in the subconscious for long periods of time, lifetimes, suppressed in the conscious as much as possible, but released through reactivity whenever it is stimulated to the point that we can't control it. Um, that all of that being done, that in this, life, in this lifetime we develop the, the courage and the trust and the openness to allow ourselves to, to feel this more and more deeply, to allow it to come up. And I feel it's a process that takes place when one really feels ready to do it. Otherwise the fear of the intensity of the emotions and the experiences blocks us from it and we're not able to feel it. The fear will keep us a distance from it. And it can, it doesn't have to be past lives, it can be things that happened earlier in this lifetime, but we know that our anger and our fear and our greed and jealousy in these different states of mind, they don't come out of nowhere. They are conditioned. They are conditioned by past actions. And this is what the meaning of karma is. Is that whatever it is that we said or thought or did through our body, through our mind, through our speech, in the past, that that conditions our mind as we experience ourselves in the present moment. So if you're feeling resentment, if you're feeling anger, rage, it's not coming out of the blue. These are mental impressions formed within the consciousness due to past experiences. And what we're doing in meditation is we're allowing ourselves to more and more open to what has been hidden to allow it to come to the surface so that we can see it, so that we can understand it, so that we can let it go so that we can offer more love and forgiveness, so that we can be freer inside. Otherwise, these deep reactive, these deep patterns keep working inside of ourselves and our conscious mind always reacting from these things out of fear, you know, or out of rage, you know, or out of compulsiveness. And so with the meditation, we just allow ourselves more and more to open to it. I have a spiritual friend, a wonderful friend, who I've known for about a year now. His name is Aaron, and I'd like to read something that he said about anger and, and other heavy emotions. Someone asked him a question, 
The question was, I feel peaceful while I meditate, then a short time later everything seems chaotic and I find myself feeling furious or anxious or some other uncomfortable emotion. What do I do with these feelings? Aaron says, first you must be willing to look at what's there. Humans are so hard on themselves. You condemn feelings and fears within yourself that you would meet with compassion in another. You are human. You are not meant to be perfect in your human form, or you, you would have no need to be learning on this plane. Be loving to yourself. Forgive yourself for your imperfections. Simply use them as a signpost pointing the way to what you need to learn. Look at the constant turmoil within yourself. There is so much pain, so many ego needs that grow from our sense of imperfection. You see yourselves as flawed and constantly try to patch the flaws. You grasp at anything going by as a possible patch and then put patches over the patches when the first ones don't fill in all the gaps. At one stage you grasp at material things for your patches. Then when you see that a new car or a better job won't do it, you grasp at spiritual things. You think perhaps more prayer or a new yoga posture will fill the gap. Or perhaps enlightenment is what you need, even a little bit of enlightenment and you'd really be there. Then the pain would go away. You are driven by fears, fear that you won't get what you need, fear of trusting, fear that others will notice that you're not perfect. You cannot put patches over your fears and pain. You must allow them to heal from within. Only then will you discover that you are whole and have always been whole. In your essence, you are perfect, complete, and unlimited. You take all that you find unacceptable about yourselves and hide it beneath the surface. There suppressed it smolders, a slowly burning fire that gives you no rest as you race in circles, trying to escape the heat. Meditation provides a fire break, a clear space to look at what's burning. As you quiet the turbulence in your mind, you begin to notice the fears, the resentments, the pain that have been smoldering there for so long. This is like a personal compost heap. You take all those heavy feelings that have been lying hidden for so long and turn them with the fork of concentration and, mindful, and mindfulness and allow air in. Slowly, the garbage, all that you have discarded beneath the surface, becomes the nutrient for growth. So first you must allow for this process of looking at what's been hidden. This must be done with no judgment. Simply notice what's there. Accept all of yourself. Do this mindfully. Not just while you sit, but throughout the day. This is your first work. Stay with it, open to yourself with love and compassion. As your concentration deepens, you will notice that what's there with greater ease. There will not be 
as much need to hide parts of yourself from the scrutiny. This process of looking will lead to some purification and ability to simplify your life and rid yourself of those extra unnecessary burdens that cause you pain. From the greater space of deeper concentration and a purer lifestyle, you will find some wisdom, some understanding. Your increased understanding and the letting go of some of your excess baggage will allow you to move to even deeper levels of meditation. And on it will go. It is a process. You must simply allow it to happen by having the courage to accept what you see without condemnation or self-blame. After a while, noticing these heavy, uncomfortable emotions non-judgmentally will have become a habit. Now suppose you have just finished sitting and are feeling very peaceful. Suddenly, your spouse rushes in with an overdrawn check statement from the bank. He or she is furious. Why didn't you realize the account was low and put money in it? In the past, you would have become defensive. That feeling of being flawed would have pushed you to deny your blame and point out that your spouse wrote the check. There would have been an angry encounter. This time, you approach it with a new feeling of space. You feel angry and notice the feeling. You feel guilty. It is your job to balance the checkbook. You take a deep breath and notice, feeling angry, feeling guilty, feeling I want to deny my responsibility, feeling I want to lash out and hurt someone. Suddenly you understand that these emotions do not need to control you. They are not solid, just energy passing through. It is not the emotions that create a problem, but your reaction to the emotions. Instead of lashing out, you're able to handle the situation with greater maturity and responsibility. This does not mean you will not feel anger, but only that you will not react mindlessly to to that anger. You have many more choices, a great space of freedom from which you can choose a skillful and compassionate response. You may be able to point out that anger is not going to resolve the problem of the overdrawn account. Your calmness will help your spouse settle down. You find yourself able to acknowledge your responsibility for neglecting the paperwork. Calmly, you're able to discuss what steps need to be taken to handle the issue. There is no more need for blame and anger. At this point, you may even notice that you are no longer feeling anger. Or suppose your spouse continues to be angry and blame you. You still have the space from which you can note the feelings. Anger, ego need for approval and to be right, frustration that he or she doesn't seem to hear you. From this space you can notice the continuing anger and realize that there is no need to strike back. You understand the other being's pain and anger and can relate to it compassionately, not condescendingly, but compassionately. Everything that happens in your life is meant to teach you. 
when you have created a situation where you feel anger, you must ask yourself why you chose that situation. What are you trying to learn? Perhaps it is a situation where you truly feel you are not to blame, that you are being victimized. I must remind you that nothing happens to you without your agreement at some level. Always you have chosen the issues and relationships and situations in your life because you have something to learn from them. Learn to accept yourselves at ever-deepening levels, noticing what's there. Do this first in meditation and extend it out to your entire day. Before you can love others, you must learn to love and accept yourself, your entire self, which includes those emotions that cause this comfort. This is, the basic, this is a basic step on the spiritual path. Learning to love and not to blame. I'm not saying that it will be easy. It takes faith and courage and honesty, but you can do it your lives will be increasingly harmonious. Love is the strongest force in the universe. Allow it to be a part of your life. Do not be afraid of your feelings. Accept your whole self with love. That your love may then reflect outwards and shine light upon all beings. Aaron. So first, we open to what has been hidden and suppressed, the courage to look at that without self-blame and condemnation. I feel this is a very, very important point right here. It happens gradually, little by little as we touch the deeper feelings inside of ourselves. We just allow ourselves to feel just a little bit deeper. Feel that, you know, and then a little bit later, a little bit more deeper. It's the, this constant persistence and steadiness of attention which probes within inside of ourselves. And little by little, going deeper and deeper. Like some of you have said, at different retreats that you've done, that you find each time you go a little bit deeper, you find after one year, two years, that there's just a little bit more opening that's taking place, that you feel a little bit more willingness and courage to look within. Not being judgmental and condemning of what we're experiencing facilitates that process tremendously. It's the judgment of ourselves that, again, creates the sense of duality and separateness from the experience. And it's the heart's willingness to keep to continue to open to it and to allow it in and the courage to see it that allows us to move through the grasping and the clinging to the anger and to the fear and to the resentments that have been there for, for so long. 
as we open deeper to fear, inevitably what we start getting in touch with are the deepest fears inside of ourselves, the huge blocks of fears. First, there's little fears that are there. We deal with those little fears, and we, you know, and we can allow ourselves to be with them. But as we go deeper, we start to experience deeper fears inside, the deepest fears that we have about ourselves. It's the fear, the fears of, what if somebody knew this about me? If somebody knew this about me, then they surely wouldn't accept me and they surely wouldn't love me. And that fear, that the deep-lying fears that are there, and that one solid fear, one or two solid fears, um, and the fear of opening to that and allowing it to be expressed in some way in our life is what creates this tremendous blockage to the path to our heart. And it can be any number of things. You know, it might be that we have a lot of anger. There's just a lot of rage inside of ourselves. And the fear and the anger is so intense, the fear is so intense <clears throat> inside that we're really afraid that somebody else is going to know how angry, angry we really are, how much anger and rage is inside, how much resentment is inside. You know, if people knew how much anger was inside of me, then surely they wouldn't accept me. I can't accept it myself. How would somebody else accept me? I can't love myself because of it. How would somebody else love me? You know, where we might be very compulsive. There's a strong, the mind is in a very needy, wanting state. It's always grasping and clinging and compulsive. And we're always looking for something to hold on to, to grasp hold of to feel some security. You know, it might be alcohol, it might be drugs, it might be food, any number of things that we are always, you know, compulsively trying to grasp hold of in order to feel some semblance of security. You know, it might be stealing things, you know, it, any number of things that we do to, to try to hold on to, um, to feel better about ourselves, to fill the emptiness inside. You know, it might be sexuality. For me, a great fear that I always had is a, my own sexuality. I'm bisexual. And it was a great fear in me that if people knew that I was bisexual, that they wouldn't like me because it's something that I could not accept within myself. And it was a great fear. It was so huge inside. And it is connected with, I see now, to many things that have happened in the past where there's been a lot of abuse and there's been a lot of pain and that abuse and that pain is, um, is so deeply rooted in the consciousness that an identity as it manifests in the present as being of a certain type of sexuality and the fear around that sexuality goes down very deep inside to all of the feelings and the suppression that's taken place way, way back when. You know, so the great fear that I had for a long time is of sexual identity. 
And it's only been in allowing myself to open to it and to feel it and to send love to this part of myself, which is part of human nature, that there's been some level of acceptance to it and some of the fear has been able to dissolve. But each of us has something inside of ourselves where that fear is so great and it blocks us from our, from our heart. It prevents us from allowing ourselves to more fully embrace ourselves. You know, because it's the thing that we can't accept about ourselves. It's the thing that we say, no, no, I can't accept. And, and until we accept all of ourselves, everything about ourselves, we can't truly be loving. We can't love fully. It's something that we're denying within ourselves. It's something that we're pushing away. We're saying, this is not acceptable to me. And as long as we do that, we are fragmented. And we can't fully feel the love of the being who we are in our totality, which includes everything about ourselves which includes all of the imperfections, all the anger and the resentment and the blame, and we all have these things. Yet, as we experience them within ourselves, we separate it out and we say, this is not acceptable to me on some level, oftentimes because it's uncomfortable and painful. And because it's uncomfortable and painful, we push it away. And what that does is, it intensifies it. It intensifies the anger, it intensifies the negative energy. And then as that intensifies, intensifies more and more, we have to push it further and further away. And in that feeling further divided within ourselves. So how can we work with fear and other emotional states? What we do in Vipassana is very, very helpful. All that, the meditation that you've been doing, the Vipassana meditation, is excellent in working with emotions. That is, creating a clear space within yourself where you can allow the emotions to arise and start to see them as just energy, which is what they are. They're just energy patterns. Anger is just energy. You know, you feel it. Sometimes there's a little bit of ill will, a little bit of uh, unpleasant feeling. Sometimes it builds and builds and builds, you know, where you feel rage. I mean, where it's very, very strong. You feel it physically. You feel it in your mind. but in fact it's just energy, energy patterns. In, in sitting, you can just look at it that way, just as energy that's arising, noting it, anger, 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 you know, being very clear about it, and see how the anger arises. There's a very central teaching that the Buddha gave called dependent origination. And essentially what it is, is a series of steps that happens as suffering arises within ourselves. And it starts, essentially it starts with contact, with seeing something or hearing something or thinking something or feeling it on your body. And from that contact, feeling arises within ourselves. For instance, with the example that Aaron gave of the overdrawn account, the person 
when it arrived in the mail, the person looked at it, you know, and saw that the check had bounced, the account was overdrawn, there was contact in seeing that overdrawn check. From that arose feeling, unpleasant feeling inside of himself about that overdrawn check. From that, over, from that contact and that feeling, the mind grasped hold of the unpleasant feeling. And then it started to grow more and more into resentment and into anger, and it builds and builds upon itself. It goes more into grasping, more clinging, more becoming of ego, of self, you know, of blame, and all the different mental states that go along when the mind is in the state of grasping and clinging. One thing leads into another. And what we're doing in Vipassana is you're watching that whole series of events take place. As you're meditating, you're watching the contact, you're watching the feelings, you're watching the thoughts, you're watching the tendency of the mind to grasp and cling at thoughts and feelings and become further involved in becoming of ego, self, and suffering. So as you do that, you're watching this process and seeing it arising and catching the feelings and watching them and not grasping and clinging because there's mindfulness, because there's awareness of the process and you under, understand the process that's taking place, then the chain of the arising of suffering and the further entrenching of anger and fear and resentment and blame and all those different states that we tend to get caught up in, the chain is broken. Because out of awareness, and Vipassana practice enables us to work with, the, work with that extremely effectively. And oftentimes in retreats, especially longer retreats, I go more into that in depth. The other thing that's very helpful in working with the heavy emotional states is forgiveness. And we're going to be working with this some um, tomorrow, working with forgiveness meditations. It's in forgiveness. Forgiveness is the way that we release the holdings of the past. You know, all of the guilt, all of the blame, all the shame, all the anger, all those states that are there, the way to release them is through forgiveness, through forgiving ourselves. Forgiving ourselves for just being human. You know, for having these, for experiencing these. Forgiving ourselves of the unskillful things that we've did and said in the past that has contributed to the anger and the fear that we experience in the present. All the things that we've done out of ignorance and misunderstanding. And we all have. We've done it in this lifetime. We all know <coughs> examples you know, in our life where we've said and done things out of reaction, out of fear, you know, out, of, out of blame, out of resentment, out of anger, that when those forces are operating inside of ourselves, then they keep perpetuating themselves. And this is the wheel of samsara, birth and death and rebirth, of continual mind states and suffering. And with the tool of forgiveness, we forgive ourselves for this, for those things. We ask for forgiveness from other people, those who we've hurt. We offer forgiveness to other people, those who have, have, have hurt us. So with this tool of forgiveness, 
then a lot of the karma of the past is neutralized. And we can become free. Free of the fear and able to love more fully within ourselves. <laughs>